Thanks for joining us for this special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Talking about the end times and the rapture can be very interesting, but don't miss the point. In today's message, Pastor J.D. is going to remind you that the day and the hour of Jesus' return is irrelevant to being in relationship with Jesus. You have an important decision to make before he returns. Choose wisely. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on July 16th, 2023. In Acts chapter 14, verses 21-22, there's an interesting account They were preaching the gospel, winning a lot of people to Christ. Verse 21, they preached the good news in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. And listen to what they said. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. See, I don't want to hear that. What does that mean? Consider this. Could it be that that affliction, that furnace of affliction that you're in right now, that you don't think you're you're getting out of, you're not making it out of this one. Could it be that it's really to prepare you for your entrance into eternity? How so? Well, Again, consider with me how that trials and affliction have this way of forcing us to let go of this world, not our home. If we're honest with ourselves, we would have to admit that it's when things are very hard that we want Jesus to come, and conversely, when things are going well, yeah, no hurry, no worry. But boy, let adversity strike. Jeez, oh Lord, come quickly. Don't you think God knows that? Could it be that that's why God has allowed this trial into your life? He's preparing you for that which He's been preparing for you. Behold, I go to prepare a place for you. And if you're holding on so tightly, to this world, not your home, you're, you're, you're not going to be looking up to the place that I'm preparing for you in my Father's home. I'd like to pose a question that I ask of myself before we close. Basically the same question in a different way. Could God be allowing the heat to turn up before He takes us up, knowing that it's the only time we'll ever look up. Now, 
if that's true, and I believe with all my heart that it is, then all the more reason to just calm down and look up, because we're about to be caught up. One more thing. Those fiery trials, that furnace of affliction, it has the much needed effect of us losing our life in this world, as Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 25, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. Here's the bottom line. People and planet will not be rescued or saved. It's too late. It's lost. Which is why only Jesus is the Savior of the people. And instead of rescuing the earth, He's going to create the new heavens and earth. And it could happen this year. And don't let anyone, I'll say it one last time, grieve the excitement of the Holy Spirit in you for the return of Jesus Christ. Because He's coming. And He's coming very soon, at an hour we expect not. I want to end with the Gospel because it's never been more important. This is not life and death, this is eternal life and eternity and hell at stake. This is why we do the ABCs of salvation again, just a simple childlike explanation. I don't want to rush through it, but just very simply, the A is for admit or acknowledge that you're a sinner, because unless and until you do, why would you be interested in the Savior if you don't acknowledge that you're a sinner? No need. Romans 3.10 says there is no one righteous, not even one. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 is really the sentencing phase, if I could borrow that metaphor, because there's a penalty now. The wages of sin is death. It's the death penalty. But here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. How so? Because He paid the penalty in your stead. He died in your place. His blood shed in your stead. The B is for believe, very central. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe would not perish, but have everlasting life. And the C, lastly, is for call upon the name of the Lord, or confess, as Romans 10.13 says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Childlike simple, not childish. Childlike simple. The gospel is so simple. Please don't complicate the gospel. 
is very simple. If you've never called upon him, believed in him, I implore you today, today is the day of salvation. Everything I shared today, only a sampling of all the things that are happening in terms of Bible prophecy. The day is at hand. We see the day approaching. I know I've gone longer than usual. I know I, I never do that, but I, can I just humbly ask you for a few more minutes to share with you a very powerful but God testimony. I selected this testimony for two specific reasons. The first of which is that I sensed it would be of great encouragement to the many who today find themselves in that aforementioned furnace of affliction. And second, maybe more specifically, as an encouragement to what I would argue are more people than we could ever even begin to realize who are suffering in silence. Parents concerning their children, especially given everything that's happening in the world today with this younger generation. They're dealing with things that we could have never imagined, which again is another sign that the day is approaching. It comes from Adriana. Dear Pastor J.D., I stumbled upon your online ministry back in the summer of 2020 after being on a desperate hunt to validate my thoughts that we must be nearing the end of the world as we know it. Your timely presence in my life has been a tremendous blessing, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for your tireless efforts in spreading the message of hope in Jesus and reminding us of the approaching day, she sees the day, the approaching day of His coming. This is in Canada. While I hold deep affection for my pastors and their commitment to preach the Word every Sunday, the subject of end times is typically avoided, leaving me longing for a spiritual leader who shares my passion. That's when I found you, and for the past three years you have become my pastor. It is my honor to be. Your heartfelt commitment to reaching the loss is evident in your words, and I eagerly look forward to your Sunday morning messages every week. Your ability to challenge, convict, comfort, and deliver wisdom with humility is truly admirable. Also, love your sense of humor. I love you. <laughs> Just say <laughs> Emoji. I have worked at a university for 32 years in the field of environmental science and toxicology, and I am surrounded by colleagues and students who have no interest in God or church. I love my job, and I look forward to coming to work every day. For just over three decades, God has given me the privilege and provided many opportunities to witness to those at work. However, I've noticed a shift in their willingness to engage with such discussions. Christianity is often disregarded in our workplace, labeled as unscientific and absurd. The situation worsened during the COVID-19 pandemic and vaccine debates. I faced insults and threats due to my choice of not getting the shot, and even close relationships became strained. Once we were in the thick of things with COVID and the shot, I was called everything from an idiot, uneducated, redneck, and delusional to murderer. My interim boss at the time, a dear friend, was so angry and frustrated that 
I refused the shot that he took every opportunity to intimidate me with texts, emails, and scientific journal articles that he sent over trying to prove to me that science said the shot was the only answer. My assistant of 16 years seemed to change overnight. She and I were very close, and in the beginning of the pandemic she was just as skeptical as me, but I think fear caused her to choose the shot shot so she could return to work with everyone else. And when my job was threatened, the perceived alliance with me was something she could not handle. Working from home for two and a half years, I felt isolated and despised by those I had cared for and who had cared for me. In the midst of these trials, our youngest daughter, who was 16 at the time, battled with anxiety, depression, and suicidal thoughts. It was a steady progression from cutting to her trying to take her life several times. Witnessing this transition was heart-wrenching. We did everything we could to keep her safe, but she always found a way to hurt herself. We recognized the enemy's hands all over her and knew we were living Ephesians 6.12. During all of this, I had your messages of hope through your prophecy updates. Stumbling onto you is no accident. God knew what our family was going to face at the beginning of COVID, and he sent me his blessed hope through your words. I have learned more about the Bible in the past three years than all of the years before as a Christian because of prophecy. I had no idea how much was in the Old Testament about the end times, and naively only thought that Revelation was about the last days. But as valuable as your wisdom and insight about the end times was, I found your humility and constant reminder to us to not see others as Republican or Democrat or pro-vax or anti-vax, but rather as saved and unsaved to be the most valuable. It was and still is easy to get caught up with anger and justification when facing the lies of the enemy. But when you look past the eye rolling, name calling, and finger wagging, there stands a scared lost soul. So there I found myself immersed in deep despair as we fought for our daughter's well-being. Waves of depression crashed over me, threatening to overwhelm me completely. But God, I called out to God in prayer many times throughout those years and moments when I felt utterly incapable of caring for Nevaeh. My pleas to God would turn into desperate demands for him to fix her. Often my own misguided confidence led me to take matters into my own hands, attempting to handle everything myself, only to stumble and realize my need to return to him once again. But in those moments when I would earnestly talk to God and truly listen to his voice, his response would be clear. I have her. I have her. She's mine. Although I couldn't comprehend why he seemed to be taking so long to bring about a change in my circumstances, I realized that my understanding was limited. So were my solutions. God orchestrated the perfect alignment of events from guiding us to the right doctors to ensuring the timely availability of a hospital bed and a mental health facility. It was in this setting that the power of prayer became evident. Nevaeh, at her lowest point, experienced a miraculous turnaround. 
Prompted by the Holy Spirit, Scott and I entered her hospital room while she went to have her lunch. There we fervently prayed, pouring out our hearts to God. We claimed authority as Nevaeh's parents and thanked God for giving us this authority. We asked the Holy Spirit to fill a room with his love, peace, and guidance. We proclaimed that Nevaeh is a child of God made in his perfect image because she's a daughter of the king. No weapon forged against her is going to prevail. We thank Jesus for his sacrifice on the cross so Nevaeh could walk in victory. We ask for heavenly protection to envelop her always and ask that Nevaeh would see her self-worth through the eyes of the God who created her and loves her. We prayed that this darkness in her life was finished and any new threats would be crushed in the name of Jesus. Well, Nevaeh returned after lunch and it was in that moment that we witnessed the incredible transformation of our daughter. She returned to her room with a big smile on her face and hopped onto her bed. She told us that she was so sorry for her behavior the day before and that she didn't mean the words that she spoke to us. She explained that the words that came out of her mouth weren't hers, that when she said them, her mind was screaming, that's not how I feel. That's not what I think. That isn't me. She told us that she felt better than she had in months and that she was done wanting to harm herself. And the thought of harming herself made her feel sick to her stomach. It was finished. (laughs) If we weren't believers, we would have thought this was all an act to leave the hospital. But we knew that Nevaeh was restored. We had spent the past years watching our daughter slowly disappear until she was unrecognizable. But God, in his perfect time, he healed her. In the early months of 2022, the university lifted their COVID vaccine mandate, and I was allowed to return to work. Can you imagine? They've had a pretty rough three years. I remember the feeling of terror at the thought of walking back into the building to face the scoffers and haters that thought I had lost my mind. My boss continued to send the hate mail. My assistant had stopped speaking to me, and The other faculty, students, and staff shared the same sentiment that I had gone off the deep end with my crazy religious beliefs. How could I return? One morning I was particularly distraught with the thoughts of facing my work world in person. I cried out to God, begging Him, please God, find me another job. (laughs) Pleading with Him to protect me from having to go back to the den of vipers. Amid my sobs, God's still quiet voice said, I want you to go back. You're the only Christian. Talk about a sobering moment. Guess I'm going back. I won't lie and tell you that I still didn't have some fear as my first day back approached, but I did feel completely confident that I had a mission. I no sooner walked through the door when I had the first student come welcome me back with a big hug and a lengthy conversation about how much I was missed. 
This was followed by a steady stream of people sharing that same sentiment, followed by many opportunities since then to talk to some about why I refused the shot. But that's not all. My assistant got another position on campus, and I was able to replace her with an absolute gem. I love it when God does that. My boss went on a sabbatical. I love it when God does that too. This just two weeks after my return and a few months later, a new permanent director was hired who is the most wonderful boss I've ever had. It was evident when I returned how much everyone had missed being together. God continues to provide opportunities that work for me to share my faith, and I know that it's exactly where I need to be. God is so good. This brings us to today. Scott and I were sitting on a patio a couple weeks back thinking about how we wanted to spend our summer vacation. We hadn't traveled since 2019 and know full well that another lockdown will be coming. And if not that, then a digital passport will stop us from future travel very soon. So we started to toss around the idea that this could be our last vacation ever. We better make it special. And where do we want to go? Well, Hawaii, of course. I got to go meet and thank the man who, through God's Word, kept me grounded and kept me hopeful. We booked our flights. We'll be coming to Oahu. Can't wait to see you and meet you. We're so excited. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for fighting the good fight and continuing to teach about our blessed hope. I can imagine you have felt many kinds of trials and persecutions over the years, and especially now as we barrel towards the end. I see the enemy's attacks coming stronger and faster every day. When I face them in my life, it prompts me to push harder, knowing I'm doing what the enemy hates. Much love, Adriana. P.S. This is our family at Nevaeh's grade 12 graduation in the summer of 2022. She is now in her second year of university. Only God could do that. Father, thank you so much. You're so good, God. It doesn't matter who we are, how bad we are, what we've done. Nothing could separate us from the love that you have for us. Neither height, nor depth, nor angels, nor principalities, nor anything created. Your love for us is unconditional. There's no way you could love us more than you love us. And you will never love us less than you love us. For anyone here today that maybe is just questioning the enemies, gotten to them, and they're doubting your love for them, we just love them. For anyone who has a similar situation with a son or a daughter, They need to hear it from you, Lord, that you've got them. You've got them. They're yours. And that you love them more than we ever could. To never give up hope and to keep praying. Thank you, God, for your goodness, for your grace, for your love. In the name of Jesus, amen. You've been listening to a Prophecy Update with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. 
as you continue to learn about the things that are happening all around us and how that relates to the Bible, take some time to pray for this nation and for the world as a whole. How all the details will play out is still unknown, but God treasures the prayers that are offered on behalf of His people and the world around them. Continue to delve deep into God's Word on your own and gain some useful insight about these things in addition to what you hear from Pastor J.D. Are there some things that you heard today that really touched home in your heart that you'd appreciate some prayer over? We'd be honored to pray for you. Let us know what those requests are by going to jdfarag.org and then fill out the form under contact. Once again, that website is jdfarag.org. You can also find us on social media. You'll find links to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. If you're wanting to access these things on the go, we have a mobile app that's available for iPhone and Android users. Just look under the resources tab. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for joining us. We look forward to our next edition where you'll get the opportunity to hear more insightful things about the days that we're living in and how that intersects with what's been predicted in the Bible. Join us again here on In Spirit and Truth.